Have you ever taken a trip to Target and $162.73 later after a quick trip through the dollar spot realize that you're bleeding money for your classroom? We want to serve students well, but how can we do this without spending our whole paycheck or giving up our personal lives to write grants? In this episode, I'll help you reclaim part of your paycheck by sharing the details on my students' favorite things that are absolutely free. Welcome to Beyond the Bedlam, episode 19. Grab your favorite flare pen so you can jot down your not-to-buy list. Hi friend, this is Lauren McKenzie and you're listening to Beyond the Bedlam, a podcast for teacher moms. If you're new here, I'm a teacher, wife, and mom of two who loves to help others make strategic and simple shifts so they can win at home and at school. If you're overwhelmed, have no time for yourself, and wish someone could help you get a game plan together, you're in the right place. So turn up the volume, straighten your teacher mom tiara, and get ready to win again. Well, we've all been there. A trip to the store that cost us hundreds of dollars, all in the name of serving our students well. $5 for this thing and $2 for that times 24 or more. Well, it adds up quickly. I've done it myself and that pit in the bottom of my stomach when I check out is an awful feeling. I don't wish on anyone who's just trying to do their job well. So today, I want to help you avoid or at least delay that sinking feeling by sharing three of my students' favorites that are absolutely free. If this isn't your first episode, you may already know that I'm a special area teacher and you might be worried right now that my students' favorites won't work for you. But not to fear, remember that I share students with you. And I teach all grade levels from kindergarten through fifth grade. So if it works for all of my students, it's going to work for yours for sure. The first thing that is one of my students' favorite things is recognition. This can look like a couple of different things in my classroom. One of the things that I love to do are student shout outs. Um, Our campus has a campus-wide program that's called Recognitions, where we grab a special piece of paper that's produced by our school, and we write out what the student did well, and we tape it to the front of their shirt with a sticker, and they walk around the school so that everybody knows that they are being recognized for what a wonderful job they did. Now, to be fair... This is more popular with the younger students than the older ones. They are super proud to wear that sticker and show it to their parents. Um, But our front office collects these recognitions and um, shares a recognition from many classrooms every Friday morning. So um, that is a fun thing that our whole school does. But... um, for especially for the older students, sometimes it's just a shout out to that student during class. Hey, I see you. That's awesome. Keep going. A lot of times for me, that's a shout out to another teacher um, where I'm saying what the student or group of students did and did well to another grown up in the presence of the student so that they're feeling like, hey, she sees me. She thinks this is awesome. I should do it again because kids love that recognition a lot of times 
and they they want that. That's something they crave. So they will repeat the behavior to receive the repeated praise because they like the endorphins that are released when they like that feeling. Um, so they want to experience that over. So they'll repeat the behavior. Um, sometimes recognition and student shout outs comes in the form of an individual incentive system when there might be a particularly challenging student that's having a hard time. And so I'm working with that one student on something. And so we have our own private little thing that we're working towards. So it can, shout outs can take on a lot of, um, different forms, but my favorite is doing it during class directed to the student where all of their friends hear what an amazing job they've done or about a student or group of students to another grown-up who interacts with those students. Um, I find that those are the most effective types of shout-outs. Um, another time that I like to give my students recognition is when I see them and they're not with me. Um, now, that is something that is a privilege of mine because I'm a specialist. Um, but I love to do this when their teacher picks them up from my class. I love to do this when I'm walking in the hallway by myself because I'm not a homeroom teacher. And I see somebody's class doing an, an amazing job. I stop and recognize that class to the teacher. And that does a couple of things. Um, it helps the students to feel great. But it also is giving my colleague a kind word. And, you know, we've all had bad days. And that's a great way to encourage a colleague is by complimenting their students when you have a genuine reason to do it. Um, and I do love giving shout outs during class and shout outs when I'm in the hallway. But my all time favorite um, form of recognition is to call parents. And I probably can already hear some of you grumbling right now that you hate calling parents. Um, but parents love to hear from teachers with good news. They, it is not only a shout out to the student, but it helps the parent to feel encouraged that they are doing something right. And even if maybe they're not doing a whole lot of things right, getting that phone call home from you helps them to feel like they're doing something right, which may help them to start some of the desired parent behaviors that we would like from parents of our students. So if you were one of the ones that just groaned when I suggested calling home, if you loathe having to call parents, or maybe you just feel awkward about having to call, I share the exact formula that I use when I'm calling a parent inside the Win With Kids playbook, and I'll link that resource in this episode's website so that you can find, or you can find it directly um, at beyondthebedlam.com slash win. Okay, the second thing that is one of my students' favorites um, that is absolutely free is choice. They love being given choices. Um, some ways that I do that. Can you accomplish the same goal in more than one way? Well, give students a choice. This works for whole group um, activities and independent work. In my classroom, it might be that I'm trying to teach a certain concept and I can accomplish it one of two ways. Well, great. Then they get a choice. It doesn't really matter which one they pick. We're going to arrive at the same destination. 
So even though I'm a special area teacher, that can definitely be applied in the regular education classroom. And it can be applied for both whole group instruction and independent work. Um, Another favorite choice of my students is their workspace. And this does not have to be flexible seating, although I am a teacher that implements that in my classroom. Um, It could be, do you want to work in a chair or on the floor? Or do you want to work under your desk? Or do you want to work outside? I have to pause for a moment and give you just a personal antidote because I think this is important. Um, We hear all the time that students won't remember everything you say but they will remember how you make them feel. When I was in the fourth grade, I had a teacher. Her name was Miss Barrett. And to this day, she is one of my very favorite teachers. And I remember a lot of things that Miss B did to give me individual choices in the classroom. She was also just brilliant when it came to giving the whole class um, choices that we could make. But my favorite choice that she allowed was where we wanted to work. And that whole, do you want to work under your desk or outside? Well, that came from Miss B because she was the first teacher that I ever had that encouraged us to sprawl out on the floor to do our work. She realized that by giving us the opportunity to choose where we wanted to work or how we wanted to work, that it would improve the quality of our work because we were more um, settled and invested in the process. So, um, a lot of days I would spend half the day underneath my desk because I just thought it was cool just to be in that little space that was just felt like it was mine and nobody else was right there with me. So, um, if you can give students about a a choice in the way they are working or where they are working, even if it's not investing a lot of money in flexible seating, just the, the knowing that they have a voice to share is really important. I'm 40 years old. That happened when I was 10 that Miss B gave me that choice. So if you can give students a choice, they will remember how that makes them feel. Um, The next area that I give students choices in is discipline. (laughs) Now, this particular um, part of choice really belongs in an entirely separate episode. But since we're talking about choices, it's worth mentioning that Kids will cooperate better with you when you can offer them two choices with clear outcomes. Um, It just helps them to own their behavior more actively. Um, If you're interested in learning more about how I handle discipline in the classroom, feel free to check out um, episode 18 where I talk about um, how I set up students for behavioral success. And I will link that episode in this episode's website notes. Um, The next area where I give my students choice is in their flow of learning. So um, earlier I I mentioned, you know, if I was going to do an activity and two different activities would arrive us at the same learning destination, that sometimes I give students a choice in that. Well, you can also do that in the flow of learning. Do you want to do this first or that first? As long as it's not a scaffolding where it's essential to do step one, then step two. Um, but if you end up at the same destination either way, when when you're looking at the flow of your lesson plan, 
it re- and it really doesn't matter which one you do first. Kids will feel so special and important when you let them make some choices in that. Okay, so my students' favorite um, free things so far are recognition and choice. And the third free thing that's one of my students' favorites is flexibility. Now, this is really a follow-up and kind of a twin to choice, but it kind of takes it to a new level. All teachers are pretty good at offering this or that situation to their students. But sometimes um, we need a mindset shift about being flexible. Um, I like to think of flexibility kind of like a charcuterie board for your classroom. A charcuterie um, gives you a flexible option for eating. Most people don't take every single thing that's offered on a charcuterie board. And that's okay. It's a flexible appetizer or even um, an adult lunchable, (laughs) like, like we like to call it sometimes. And we look at that as flexibility. Now, if grown-ups have bought into the hype of eating adult-style Lunchables and calling it a fancy appetizer all in the name of having flexibility and choice, don't you think that a child would enjoy the same opportunity to use their voice in the classroom? Offering flexibility is a great exercise in safe autonomy. As educators, we're trying to help these kids develop into autonomous adults that we would want to trust to lead our society. So why not let them practice that within the confines of our classroom with flexible options for meeting both learning and behavior expectations in our classrooms? The best part of these student favorites that I've shared today is that every teacher can afford to share these with students. The only cost is a little forethought. Well, how do I know what to use at a specific time? Practice. When I was a little girl, um, my I would sometimes get overwhelmed in particular situations. And my dad would look at me, and one of the things that I remember him saying over and over and over again when I would be sitting there giving the blank stare like I was stuck and just didn't know what to do. He would look at me and say, Lauren, when in doubt, do something. And so he just was giving me permission just to get started. Maybe it wasn't the right thing, but do something. And so by trying out these different strategies and um, things, you will learn what works when. So try one out. It doesn't have to be perfect and probably won't be, but students will notice your effort if you're consistent over time. And that consistency is the glue that binds together their trust in you. So be diligent in offering these freebies to your students. I'll be right in the trenches with you doing the same and cheering you on along the way. I'd love for you to join me on social media so that we can continue the conversation there. I'm at Beyond the Bedlam on Instagram and at Beyond the Bedlam Classroom on Facebook. Until next time, I'm cheering you on. Friends, I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I can't wait to visit with you again. And until then, I'm in your corner cheering you on. If you've enjoyed today's show, remember to subscribe to the podcast before you close your app so you won't miss future tips, tricks, and triumphs to share along the way. And 
I'd be honored for you to share with a teacher mom friend who might be encouraged by listening along to you. Talk with you soon.